Pastor John gave to me. It's a follow on the series. And I've spoken about this before. You know how Pastor John's really good at these series? And uh, this one is seeing what Jesus sees. And I actually had to ring him up uh, last week and, and just talk to him about it. But uh, from what I understand, you've been going through John's Gospel for some time now. And we're up to uh, the very last day before the death of Jesus and, and recently you've been going through that last week. John chapters 13 17 are the last words of Jesus to his disciples before his death and resurrection. And if we looked at a timeline, uh, we've been going through the last week or you've been going through the last week and I went through some of these uh, passages from 13 to 17 and there's some profound sayings in there and, and what I just wanted to do was start by reading out some of those. At John 13, 33 to 34, Jesus said this, he said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By all this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Wouldn't that be great if that really did happen in life, especially uh, in the church? John 14, 5 to 6, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 17 to 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my command, what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give another counsellor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives in you and will be with you. It's so true about the world not knowing. John 15.5, Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 16.1-2, Jesus said, All this I have told you so that you would not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, The time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. And the last passage, John 16, 16, and this is just before we're going to look at this passage this morning, in a little while you will see me no longer and then after a little while you will see me. So the disciples were perplexed at a number of these things that Jesus was saying. They didn't actually understand some of these things. It went right over their heads. And literally these were the last words uh, that Jesus said before he suffered this terrible death. Let's pray. And I'm going to pray for Pastor John and Cheryl and I'll also pray for Israel too. Heavenly Father, as we look at this passage in John chapter 16, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your guidance for our lives. Thank you for the words of Jesus to his disciples and please help to
to make them clear to us, Lord, as we go through them this morning. We also think especially from Israel, for Israel. We pray for all those people over there. We know that you all will be done in all of these things. We also pray for Pastor John and for Cheryl and for safety in their holidays. We thank you for them. We thank you for their leadership over these many years in this church. And uh, we ask that they will have a sense of you being with them, especially today as we're praying for them. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, uh, you might want to open to chapter 16. And we're going to read from uh, 25 to 33. Okay, the back screen's not working. That's all right. Okay, these are the words of Jesus. Though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I'll no longer use the kind of language, this kind of language, but I will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father. Sorry. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then the disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have to ask, have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. You believe at last, Jesus answered, but a time is coming and has come when you'll be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. My Father is with me. And I've told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome overcome the world. I just wanted to begin by... Excuse me, I shouldn't have brought this up. I just wanted to bring this passage up again and look at the last passage first. I've told you these things, this is what Jesus said, so that in me you have peace. And on that very first slide I spoke about having an inner peace. In this world you'll have trouble but take heart, I've overcome the world. Just wondering if many of you know who this lady is. Some of the younger people may not have. Dolly Parton, yes. But back in the 1960s, a song was written and you know what? The words were a little bit similar to what Jesus said 2,000 years ago and Dolly Parton sang the song uh, 
other singers also sang it. Do you know what that was? No, no, no. You were close though. Had to do with a rose garden. I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. And it continues on. It says, along with the sunshine, there's got to be a little rain sometimes. And in our life, all our lives, nothing is sunshine all the time, is it? There's always rain. There's always storms. Jesus said there was going to be trouble. I think what's profound is the oh, woa, 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 but I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> but I think more importantly what Jesus said makes probably uh, is more the gospel and more what is right. So then in me you may have peace. Some of you may have heard this before but just a little bit about my testimony. Uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home uh, I didn't become a Christian till about 30 years of age but I used to have nightmares. I used to have nightmares about dying. I never thought I was going to reach my 21st birthday and sometimes I'd wake up and I don't know if you've ever heard this but had had this happened to you but falling off a building and heading towards the bottom and uh, it's quite terrifying when that happens to you. And I used to have these... um, Terrible nightmares. My work didn't sort of help things too much but um, um, it was probably not a great... uh, It was so wonderful once I became a Christian that uh, I had a peace. I knew that the decision that I'd made was right and uh, that's available to anyone, available to anyone. We all have storms. We all have trouble. Our lives are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Neither is probably anybody else in this room. And because we live in an imperfect world. But Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And I just wanted to tell you about, uh, does anybody uh, know Keith Drinkall? Keith, many years ago, used to be uh, the head of Scripture Union uh, in Queensland. And he was the pastor at our church, which was North Pine Baptist at the time. And I remember some people used to get really hung up about the devil and uh, evil things and witchcraft and and Keith used to say, look, Jesus has overcome all of that and he never ever really wanted to talk about or give it too much credence. He would prefer to talk about what Jesus did and uh, how Jesus changed lives rather than give any real credence to to the devil. So I think that was probably... I always remember that. You know, I was a new Christian and I thought that's a pretty good thing to say. If we go back to the beginning of uh, 1625, and we're just going to go through as an expository on some of these passages. Jesus said, Though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I'll no longer use this kind of language but I'll tell you plainly about my father. I'll tell you plainly about about my father. You know that uh, up until this time, Jesus spoke, um, he told a lot of parables that not all his disciples understood. 
He also said um, that he spoke figuratively and, and just some examples where he used the I am statements. Remember where he says, I am the bread of life. I am the light. I'm the gate. I'm the shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth and the life and I'm the vine. And the disciples must have been thinking, what's he saying? What's he saying? They didn't necessarily understood what he said. Mark 4, 10 to 11 says this. It says, Later when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who gathered round, they asked him what the parables meant. And he replied, You're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders. Now Jesus spoke uh, many parables and just to give you an example, he spoke about the parable of the new cloth and wine, the sower and the seeds uh, on the four kinds of soil, the parable of the Good Samaritan, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. But you know, one thing really interesting I find about these parables is that he spoke about everyday life things. Even though they were a story, people understood, people knew what would happen if you put new wine in an old wineskin. It probably wasn't going to work. So Jesus used these examples from real life. And if I can just stress, there are a couple of groups out there that don't believe in a conscious existence after death. They think once you die there's nothing there. But, and the parable of the rich man Lazarus, they try to interpret that to say, oh, it doesn't really mean what it says. It means com- something completely different. And if you think about it, if it meant something completely different, Jesus would have been lying. He wouldn't have been telling the truth. So the rich man Lazarus is quite a bit of a scary story, I think. If, uh, if you don't know where you're going after you die, read about the rich man and Lazarus because it affirms there is a conscious existence and unless you're on the right side of that divide, Lazarus was on the right side but the rich man was on the wrong. It's not really a pretty picture if you're the rich man. But now we have the benefit uh, of knowing what has happened. We have the New Testament writings, we have God who sent his Holy Spirit to us. But the disciples at that time, they didn't have any of that. They just had the words of Jesus. So you can sort of understand why they didn't necessarily understand everything that he said. If we move on, verse 26 says this, In that day you will ask in my name, I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. And this to me is a wonderful passage. Uh, One about the deity of Jesus. It says he came from the Father, but importantly it says he, he knows all things, Right? He knows all things. Sorry. 
of Miss Mar of Max Mars light up. The great thing about this particular passage here is that Jesus telegraphs to them that they don't have to go to somebody else to pray on their behalf. They will be able to pray directly to the Father. And we basically don't have to pray to a dead person. We don't have to pray to a dead saint. We don't have to pray to Mother Mary because all those people were dead. What Jesus said is that if we go back, there will be a time where you'll be able to pray directly, ask the Father directly. And because of his love for us, because of his love for us, he will um, listen to us directly. I think that's very special. Jesus also said, verse 28, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. And they must have been just really wondering what was happening here because they were expecting this king to come along and kick the Romans out and introduce this worldly kingdom and yet Jesus didn't do that. He tells them that he's going to leave the world and go back to the Father. Verse 29 says this, Then the disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. And... Uh, this is the passage that speaks about Jesus' deity. We certainly don't need to know everything. People don't know everything. But they recognise that Jesus knew everything. Recognise that he had come from God and Philippians 2.6 tells us this. When, being in very nature God, or who, sorry, being in very nature God, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So disciples were getting to the stage where they were starting to accept what was happening and they realised who Jesus was. Verse 31 says this, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming and it is here now when you'll be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I won't be alone uh, because the Father is with me. Can you imagine this? He's talking to his disciples and all of a sudden he says, the time's coming and it's come now. Like not next year, not next month, it's right now and we know what happens. They, they, uh, they ran. They disappeared. And they didn't support Jesus whatsoever as to what was happening with him. And what we can read is one of the worst offenders was Peter, one of the leaders of them, where he denied Jesus. And so 
here were these, and I'll say poor men, being told by Jesus that at any moment now you're going to basically disown me and, and be scattered. Have you ever noticed if something goes wrong, that's when you know who your true friends are? You ever notice that? It is so true. I've got a friend uh, whom I used to work with and this isn't his real name but I'll call him Justin. He was uh, an outstanding detective. He, um, uh, I worked with him in a couple of different squads in Brisbane and he was a detective senior constable at that time, when I first met him, I was a detective sergeant and then I was a detective senior sergeant. But Justin, he was also really annoying. He was this great detective and he did a fantastic job. But you know what? He knew a lot more than me. And uh, I don't say that in a bad way. I say it in a good way because I'd go and say to Justin, Justin, I want you to go out and do this on this particular investigation. And the next day, I'd come back and I'd, I'd be thinking to myself, right, what's he got to have done? He's got to have done this, this and this. Okay, so I'd say, hey, Justin, how did you go with that job? Did you do this, this, this? And he, you know what he'd come back? Nearly every time he'd say, oh, yeah, boss, I did that, that and that, but I also did this, 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 this and this. And I'd be thinking, boy, I, even I didn't think of those things. He was, he was brilliant. And uh, I think he used to, we used to have these procedural man, manuals and I'm pretty sure that he used to go to bed with them every night because if I did something wrong, he would tell me. He'd say, boss, he said, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. That's why he's very annoying. But really good guy. Anyway, a few years later, Justin got charged by the Ethical Standards Unit for something that I don't think he did. I can't say 100% that he didn't do it, but it seemed really unfair what had happened. And do you know what happened? Uh, I kept in touch with him and another friend of mine kept in touch with him and maybe there was one or two others and and you know what he said to me one day? He said, boss, he said, you really know who your friends are. He said, because you're one of the only people that's kept tabs, you know, making sure of his welfare and that. So, it just goes to sort of show you, here here was a guy who was very well respected, a very good detective, but once ethical standards came in and charged him with something, nobody wanted to know him. Nobody wanted to know him. And that's exactly what happened with Jesus. As soon as he was arrested, what happened? Nobody wanted to know him, no. Especially Peter. He said, I don't know him. You know, I'm not one of his disciples. I think the message in that is for us is that not only do we want to not let our friends down, but we don't want to let our Lord down either. And so, we just need to be mindful of that. And, and be ready with an answer so, so, that, uh, so that you're not going to do a Peter and you're not going to do what some of these other people did to Justin. Just in concluding, what did Jesus see? Okay, what did Jesus see? 
He saw this group of disciples who weren't perfect but he loved them, didn't he? They made mistakes. They actually abandoned him, abandoned him. Each of them was a flawed person. Now, I'm not perfect. I'm a flawed person. Most of us are flawed as well. But we'll never be perfect while we live here on this earth. It's only with God working in our lives through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we can reach a state of inner peace. And that's what happened with me. And if you don't know about that, please ask. Please ask anyone. If you don't know about that and want to find out how that's affected our lives, please ask. I'm just going to read one verse at the end and which is Hang on a sec. John 14, 1 to 4. It says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm, I'm, not, I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Isn't that a wonderful promise? Now, that wasn't only just made to the disciples then, that was made to all of us. And so, I think that's really the way to inner peace, that if you know, no matter what troubles there are in the world that Jesus is there for us and no matter how bad it gets uh, um, he will be there. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much Lord. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for giving us a glimpse into seeing uh, what Jesus saw um, especially amongst his disciples. Flawed people Lord but people who loved him and uh, people that love you, Heavenly Father. And I pray for the uh, Atherton Baptist Church. Pray also for the Lakeside Community Church as well who are meeting now at this moment. Pray for all of us, Lord. We aren't perfect. We're sorry that we're not, but we do put our trust in you and ask that you will help us through your Holy Spirit to be the people you want us to be. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.